0: So we've been spending the last number of weeks, we're actually going to be closing out a message series this morning, and this is part four of a message series we've been doing called Living with Alignment. Living with Alignment. And I want to encourage you, if you weren't here for all four of these messages, uh, to go back and listen on our podcast station to all four of these consecutively, or at least the ones maybe that you missed. But certainly listen to them all consecutively because for me, this message series was really actually like one message. It wasn't a a, a series of broken up. It was kind of one message that we were sort of, you know, ending and picking back up each week. And so there's really a connection point from one to the next for each one of those. And so I encourage you to do that. But just to give you a short recap, on this idea of living with alignment, what we've been talking about is how we want to live outwardly in our lives in all of the different facets that God has created us to live in, this beautiful, dynamic well-rounded expression of our lives that he creates us for fellowship, relationships, our giftings, uh, our marriage, our parenting, all these great different dynamics that we want to live, guys, in such a way outwardly where it is aligned and it is consistent with the way God has created us to live and and, and the way that he has uh, made us inwardly. But there is a sense that we can be out of alignment. Right? We can be living uh, in a way in our marriage or our relationships or our gifts or whatever where we're very much not uh, walking in the authority and the full rights that we have as children of God. And that would be kind of like what I would refer to as living out of alignment. You know, Bible says that God, if we trust in him, that he will make our paths straight. So he has a plan to keep us lined up and living in a way that is consistent with the authority, the gifts, all the blessings that he really created us to walk in all along. That's God's plan. That's his will for us. And in order to do that, we have to begin this walk from a place of strength On the inside, see, it's not about trying to get strong physically or even mentally so much as it is getting strong internally. The Bible says that we are to become strong in our inner man, to be strengthened in our inner man. And so, we are on this walk, guys, where we are attempting to get strengthened and growing in our faith and our spirit, this eternal part of us, the part that's going to live forever. And we've used this diagram for the last few weeks because it kind of helps to paint a picture. But if you look at the innermost part of you, that's your spirit. And then the Holy Spirit is living in the inside of you if you've confessed Christ as your Lord and Savior. The, The Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And as you begin to receive revelation and God begins to impart truth to you through his word and through the teachings according to his word, it produces a substance of faith, which means that there's a growing, there is an expanding on the inside of our strength and our spirit man. And as that strength begins to grow and our spirit grows stronger, then that begins to add authority, it begins to add a a faith outwardly to all of the different areas in our lives that we're living in. How many people know faith plays a role in your marriage. It plays a role in your parenting. It has a place in your relationships. None of these places that God has created us to walk and live in did he intend for us to do that absent of faith, absent of a supernatural empowerment, absent of being in alignment with who he created us to be. He made us to be this way. He has something to say about it and he has a goal and a will and a plan for how we're to walk in that. And It's a flourishing, blessed, expansive plan but we have to continue to move forward from a place of strength and faith on the inside if we're gonna stay aligned walking in the way that God has created us to, amen? Amen. So that's a short little description or summary and what I wanna do now is basically conclude our message today talking a lot about the outward implications of all of the growth and the building on the inside of us. We spent the first few weeks talking a lot about the Holy Spirit in us, how he's the messenger how he reveals truth and bears witness to our spirit, how that produces a growing faith and something of substance on the inside of us and how that gives us leverage to stand on and, and our faith has something solid to, uh, be, to, to move off of in our lives. And so now today I wanna to spend the last time uh, in this series talking about the outward implications of how this affects our lives. So go with me to the book of John in chapter eight if you've got your Bible with you. And I'm going to begin by reading out of verses 31 through 36. And Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And then they answered him and said, We are Abraham's descendants and have neither been in bondage to anyone, or never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Powerful verses. Powerful verses. Right? I mean, we could probably stop right there and we'd have a, a, a full message today. But listen, a couple of things that I want to point out that are very important. Jesus says is that you shall know the truth and then the truth shall set you free. And they said, well, we don't need to be set free. We're not in bondage. See, they actually were in bondage and they didn't realize it. Jesus wasn't talking about some kind of an earthly kingdom. He was talking about from an eternal standpoint. These people were still in bondage to the law of sin and death. They were trying to fulfill the law in their own strength, and they could never measure up. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, no, you actually are in bondage to the law of sin and death, meaning you can be oppressed and held back and held down from having the authority that comes from what I'm going to do to walk in freedom in your life and victory over all the things that the enemy would bring against you. And they thought, well, what's he talking about? He's saying, no, you'll know the truth. So when the truth comes in and we get revelation from the Holy Spirit and it produces faith, ultimately, guys, what that does is it sets us free of any lie, of any false bill of goods or corrupted view that we have been living from that we are walking according to what the world might say instead of what God and what heaven might say. And so the truth actually sets you free. It liberates you. So one thing to keep in mind is if if that's the case, we realize that we need to be set free from something to begin with. Are you with me? See, we don't come into this earth free and then fall into bondage. We actually come into this earth when we're born in bondage. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So every person born into this earth is born under the law of sin and death and is in need of a savior and is in need of being set free and being liberated. Are you with me so far? So he's saying when you know the truth, the truth shall set you free. Well, when you heard the truth about Jesus Christ was the Son of God and he died for your sins so that you could be saved, and you heard that with your spiritual ear, your inner ear, and it produced a faith that yes, Jesus is who he said he was, and yes, I have eternal life because of him, and the Holy Spirit came to live on the inside of you. From that moment on, you were delivered, you were set free from the bondage. Of spiritual death that would occur if you weren't to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've been liberated from that. But how many people know that when we have Jesus in our heart and we are our eternal salvation is secure, and I've seen this, so I know that this is true, that we can still walk in different areas of our lives and live under bondage and under oppression and not walk in victory the way we've been created to live. How many people know that? That's why I've seen people and I've walked with people that I know, I am convinced Jesus is in their heart, they love God, they're gonna go to heaven, but they're walking or living in a way that's way out of alignment from the way God's created them to live. Maybe they are in bondage to an addiction uh, to some sort of a, a habit, or maybe it is some kind of depression. N- ultimately, something that is create is is totally affecting their life and limiting their ability to become who God's created them to be. But you have to acknowledge this is not the way God created them to live. So we can still live in bondage in different areas of our lives. Why? Because somewhere along the line, we perhaps just haven't really fully understood the truth, heard the truth about what God actually says about the authority that we have or the promises that we have over certain areas in our lives. Are you with me so far? So we can, we can be... We can walk in a way that's still in bondage. Now, when we get liberated, when the truth comes in, and it says it liberates us or sets us free, guys, that actually also means to be to grow, to expand, and to move forward as a result of that. So hearing the truth and receiving, the and that building our faith, it grows us spiritually, it matures us, and it ultimately re- frees us from the bondage or the weighing down of whatever the world or the enemy might come and tell us that conflicts or contradicts with what God actually says in his word. How many people can witness to this? Like You, you, hear, you heard a message of truth about something, and as soon as you heard that and it set in for you, it was like you were just set free of something that you've been oppressed by or living under uh, some sort of bondage by before in your path. I know it. I mean, I could tell you this. When I found out that I had a purpose and a destiny, when that truth, when that reality actually sank in for me in my spirit, because I read the, the verses from Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord, thoughts, to not good, or thoughts of good and not evil to bring you a future and a hope. Bible says all the hairs on your head are numbered. He says that you call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He has created us for a purpose and a destiny. When that truth set in for me and that faith became real, I can tell you that that has affected my life in more ways than I can ever possibly count since that moment on in all these years that I've lived. It's changed the way I've done everything. It's changed the way I've approached everything, because that faith is solid, and I know that to be true, and that is exercising a, a, a authority and a faith in the way that I go about doing things in my life. Does that make sense? So as is, is the faith, as the substance is the produced in us, guys, it ultimately has an impact and affects everything that happens outwardly. We, our son, Dax, he is uh, almost two years old. And we had this really funny situation happen a couple weeks ago. There he is. He's sleeping. Aw. Cute little guy. That's not what we get to have around our house. <laughs> Wish he'd do that at home a little more. You'll appreciate this story now. So a couple weeks ago, we get up. And, you know, he's always really hyper and running around. And he's a, he's a boy, and he's rough, and he's doing all these things. Um, scratches your face when you're laying there not looking and stuff. Anyway. We were walking around one morning, and we we look over, and he is literally, like, off the chain, uh, hyper. He's just like, he's running around, like, gritting his teeth. And I'm like, what? He's like, what is going on with him? What has gotten into him? I'm like, I don't know, you know. She's like, you need to do something with your son. (laughs) Great, pawn it off on me. like, oh, uh, anyway. So I start looking at him. And I notice like this black drool coming down the side of his mouth, off of his lips, right here. It's like this dark drool, like kind of. And I start looking and I get closer to him and I'm like, Dax in there, he's running from me. You know, grab him, open his mouth, and I pull out espresso beans. <laughs> Panic moment. What does the Bible say about this? Okay, I need something. And, and so I'm looking, and, and they weren't just whole beans. Like, they were grinded down, ground down from his teeth, like the little fragment of a bean left. He had consumed these things. I look over at this coffee station, and the bag is open, and there's beans. And I'm like, oh, my God. What do you do? There was nothing that we could do after that to settle him down. The point is... Once it got on the inside of him, it was affecting everything on the outside, and there was nothing that anybody could do about that. Are you with me? You see where I'm tracking today. When the truth of God gets on the inside of you, when it has its work on the inside and it does what it's meant to do and faith is produced, you can't help but have an outward effect, an outward implication in your life as a result of that faith now being demonstrated in power and the effects that it creates in your life. You know that faith is meant to affect every area of your life. When it gets in you, it wants to get out. Because you come into these situations and these things, you say, "Uh uh-uh, no, that is, I have an authority for that. There is a promise for that. I'm a child of God, and this is what my faith believes, and this is what the Word says. And then that worldly condition, that false bill of goods or that... Totally contradictory way of thinking that we had before is gone, and there's a new way of thinking. There's a new authority, and that enemy will bow its knee every time if faith is real on the inside that we're moving from. He has no choice. You know that, right? He has no choice. He can't fight back once he knows that he's under the authority, and that's what we want. We want faith building in us to produce that. Here's something that's absolutely amazing. I think this is one of the most powerful revelations in all of the Scripture. I hate to try to compare. That's not good for a pastor to do. But this is one of those things that's literally just, man, it's, it's just blown up in me whenever I first started to see this. And, uh, and, and I can't underestimate enough how important it is that you grab hold of this today. Go to your Bible in the book of Romans chapter 12. It says... Do not be conformed to this world. Verse 2. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. How many people have ever had computer problems? Like, it seems, I'm like the least IT techie guy that's ever walked the face of the earth. I touch a computer, and it has viruses. <laughs> I don't know, it must be in my hands. It just, it gets in there, and I have problems with every piece of, I'm not speaking that over my life, but it, it's happened a lot. And, uh, and so I've had to have some people come in and, and fix the stuff a lot, and one of the things that they do is they find a lot of times, like, these corrupted files that somehow get in there. And, uh, and they begin to uh, contaminate the rest of the system, right? And so when there's corrupted files, it kind of essentially like undermines everything about the way it's supposed to operate. And so they have to go in, and they have to uninstall and delete the corrupted files and get them out of there while simultaneously reinstalling the proper files the way they're supposed to be, And then once that's done, the old files are out, the new files are in, the system can begin to operate optimally the way that it's supposed to. See, when the Bible says that you are to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, this is very powerful. The word transformed mean, in the Greek, is a word called metamorpho, which is where we get the English word metamorphosis from. It explains the process that a caterpillar goes through to become a butterfly. Are you with me? And so there is a transformation that occurs that is an actual changing of a physical state. Now, in the Bible, there are times whenever we see that Jesus or the apostles are speaking figuratively. For example, Jesus often refers to the word and and compares it to seed. That's a figurative Uh, way of teaching. It kind of gives you a picture that you can relate to. But here's what you have to understand. When the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds, it is not a figurative statement. This is a literal statement that fully explains exactly what is happening on the inside of us. There is a full transformation that is being taken, that is taking place when we receive revelation and truth is imparted on the inside of us. It is basically deleting and uninstalling those corrupted files, those false views, those corrupted views that we have of who we are, who God is, what He says we have, all those things. The word of God and the Holy Spirit come in, they uninstall all that baggage, all of that stuff that we're in bondage because of, and reinstall, upload a truth that begins to cause us to then run optimally or live in alignment with the way God created us to live. Your mind is, in fact, and your whole state is being transformed, not figuratively, literally. It is rewiring your circle. Isn't that a mate? It's literally rewiring the way that you see, the way you think, and the way that you begin to act. That's why I always wondered when the Bible says, you know, pray according to the will of God. I thought, man, that's a that's a powerful statement. Like, I want to do that. How do I do that? How do I know how to pray according to the will of God, not my own will? Can I tell you how you do that? You have the mind of Christ. The Bible says that as we as the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of us, we begin to have the mind of Christ. So as we receive revelation And the Holy Spirit is teaching, he's instructing us and our faith is growing and building and we're becoming more mature on the inside. The Bible talks about how we're transformed more into the image of Christ. Guys, we're actually beginning to have more of his mind, more of his thoughts and more of his ways. And so then when we pray, and that when we act and we do things like this, it automatically begins to become more and more in alignment with exactly what the will of God is for our lives and with the, what the Word says. Are you with me so far? Is that unbelievable or what? Like your mind, your whole you're literally being transformed. There is something happening on the inside of you that is a supernatural work that God is doing and he's uninstalling baggage, he's uninstalling false views, corrupted views and he's uploading truth and and promises and authority that we have because of what his son died for us to have. And as a result, then we begin to live outwardly in a way that's like Dax when he gets espresso beans. Devil, you ain't going to get in my way today. I got something in me, and it's got, a, it's got a power over you, right? And begin to walk forward in a way that demonstrates that. Guys, trust me, it's, it's not just good enough to hear things and say, yeah, that sounds good. That peps me up. Like, it better be getting in you. <laughs> it has got to be getting in you. There better be a faith that's growing in you because when the time comes, you're, you're not going to be able to overcome the devil with a pep talk. You're going to need a strength and an authority that's going to have to come from a solid foundation and substance of faith. And when you stand on that authority, the, the grace, the empowering grace, that power of God steps right behind that. It's authenticated, and the power of God moves the enemy and obstacles right out of your way. And that's the way we ought to live. You need that in your marriage. You need that in your relationships. You need that with your kids. You need that in your career. You need this in every part of your life. You need faith. You have to have a spiritual response to spiritual things that are coming against you in this world. If you're strictly doing battle with worldly tools, I'm, I hate to say it, but you are a sitting duck. You better have an arsenal of weapons that comes from the spiritual realm that carries authority and power with it. And the good news is when you do, you will make heyday on the enemy every single time. He is terrified of that. His trick is to get you to not know the truth that he already knows and keep you in this bondage, which is more of an illusion than anything, a false view, a false world that he creates, a false perception that packages lies around us to try to insulate us from really knowing and hearing the truth, because once we do, what does the truth do? It sets us free. It liberates us immediately from all that baggage and all those lies that he's been trying to deal us those false bill of goods for, for however long. We come into this world corrupted, guys. We have to be liberated. And as we continue to hear the truth, we continue to be set free. We continue to have more authority over all these different things in our lives. And ultimately, that's what we need to walk out our purpose in life. We have to have that. It's a godly purpose. It's a heavenly purpose. We need a heavenly solution. Are you with me? I'll close with this. There are a lot of situations in our lives whether it's these different facets that I was referring to marriage relationships career so on where we can live for years under oppression and completely limited in it's like a ceiling put right on completely limited if we're living according to a corrupted view of things Think of things that you might have said or that you've heard other people say. My kids will never come around. This marriage is destined for failure. I am not meant to be anybody special. I don't have anything big in me. I'm certainly not gonna do anything world-changing. All of these things that, guys, they completely conflict and contradict what the word of God actually says. But think about How pervasive those thoughts over 10, 20, 30 years, if they stay and they continue to influence how we live. Think about how pervasive and destructive those corrupted files can actually be to to, to walking in the fullness of the plan that God has for our lives. What a tragedy. But I got news for you. When faith begins to build, and it starts to grow on the inside according to the truth of God, it will start to penetrate every area of your life. Every part of your life will be affected by the increase of faith on the inside of you. Everything will improve. Everything will become more and more aligned with the way God's created you to live. We must seek to know Him more. The closer we get to him, the more that relationship strengthens, the more the knowledge and the truth continues to be revealed to us and imparted to us, the more our faith builds, the stronger we get and the more aligned we begin to walk. Stand with your, on your feet with me today. And I pray that, I pray that all the areas of our lives begin to be penetrated by the faith that's building on the inside of us. I look around and what I see is I see a bunch of people here this morning who are destined for greatness, who have a calling on their life that is full of authority, that is full of power, and that is one of victory. Holy Spirit living on the inside of you is the source of all the strength and all the power. The Bible says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, freedom, liberation. We just have to begin walking more and more in alignment according to exactly that truth. Bow your head with me. Father, I thank you so much for the work that you're doing in this place. I thank you, God, for the strengthening that is occurring in each and every person's spirit today. And we ask that you would continue to draw us in, God. As we draw near to you, we know that you would draw near to us Strengthen the believers today, God. Strengthen us through your truth and prepare us more and more to walk in authority and alignment with who you've created us to be. We wanna honor you with this life that you've blessed us with here on this earth. We're gonna be in a perfect place one day. We're gonna see all for it is. Right now, we live in a corrupted, fallen world and we need the mind of Christ more and more every day. Continue to transform us, God as we seek to know you more and better each and every day i ask if you're here today and you say pastor i need christ i need him in my life i have not accepted jesus as my lord and savior i haven't made him lord of my life i want to do that i want to know that i'm going to go to heaven one day i want christ to live in me i want to walk with power i want to walk with purpose if that's you or maybe you've once walked with God and you feel like you've drifted away and it's been some time and you're just on a a, a different path and you're out of alignment. and You're just kind of going your own direction. It's not getting you where you want to go. And you need to get back to walking with Christ. If either one of those two situations describe what you're feeling in your heart today, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. I want you to raise your hand so I can see who you are. I want to know who I'm praying with. And this is about a step that you are taking, a boldness, this is one of the most important decisions that you'll ever make is to get right with God. You say, Pastor, I need that prayer today. One, two, three, Just raise your hand so I could see who you are. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Is there anybody else? You say, I need to get right with God. I want to walk with him. I want to come back to a relationship with him or i want to I want to receive him for the first time. Is there anybody else in this place today that says, Pastor, I need that prayer. Okay, you can put your hand down. And I just want to pray and, and all of us hook in together in this, but again, it's not about the eloquency of the words. It's about the posture of a heart. This is a free gift of grace. And God died for you to have it. You can't earn it. That's what the Pharisees thought that they were doing. He's trying to earn God's law by God's love by following the law. You can't do it. That was the law of sin and death. There's a there's a new covenant here that Jesus died for you to walk in. And it's it's liberating. Say, dear Father God, I ask you into my heart today. I turn from my old life, and I turn to you now. Forgive me of all my past sins. Make me clean. Help me to become the person that you've created me to be. Holy Spirit, come to live on the inside of me. Make me more and more into the image of your son each and every day. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Amen.